This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We love people and we serve the world as the hands and feet of Jesus. And if you're part of the Harvest family, what is our vision? To make, grow, and equip followers of Jesus to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. And how do we accomplish that? Community, discipleship, and outreach. Everything we do doesn't line up with that, then we're off focus. That's what it's all about. And uh, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right on into the Word today, if that is all right. If uh, you guys have got your Bibles, you can open them up and, and get ready to, uh, to jump on in. If, if, uh, if you have your mobile device, you can go to the YouVersion Bible app, and um, you can hit the, the More tab and hit Events. And this should just, this, the notes for the message today should just pop up on your, uh, on your mobile device there. And so you can follow along. But guys, as I was saying a moment ago, even as we were transitioning out of worship, in our world today, things are challenging, but we are not of this world. Have, have, I, have I pounded that in enough over the last year? We are not of this world, right? Things are shaking. Things are crazy. Things are challenging in the world today, but we are not of this world. We're ambassadors of another kingdom, and we've been given the word of God to live by in this earth, and the word of God never fails. It's our instruction manual. He's given us all the answers to every test that we will ever encounter, ever face. And so, with that said, we don't have to be shaken, right? I don't think you guys believe it. We don't have to be shaken and we don't have to be moved as a body of Christ. We stand on the solid rock, no matter the storms and the waves that come. Last Sunday of 2021, another year, another rotation around the sun. Uh, a year that I'm going to be, I am a Lord. Kind of crazy. <laughs> In front of us, a new year, new beginnings, fresh starts. And guys, if you've been a part of Harvest for, for more than a year or so, you know that every year we, we begin the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting, which starts two weeks from today. Some of you need to put that on your calendar. You've got two weeks to begin to prepare for our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we always end that with a night of worship. We just come together for a little while and we just we just worship the Lord together. And, and this is something that um, is something that Pastor Bob instituted many years ago. And I feel that it's very important that we continue um, to start our years with, uh, with prayer and fasting. And, and that's what I want us to begin talking about for the next few weeks. But I want to begin uh, with a, a few questions and, and, uh, as, we, as we look at prayer and fasting. And so, you know, I want to talk about, uh, you know, why do we fast? What is the, what is the big deal with, with fasting? And so I want to talk about that for just a little bit. But how many of you know, uh, in the world that we live in today, we talk, a lot about, we talk a lot about connections. We like to have connections. We like to be connected to others, and, and, and I'll I give you a, a couple examples of that in a moment, but there are a lot of connections. We, we are love to be connected with people who can help with certain things that maybe we're not strong in. Um, for instance, um, you, need a, you need a mortgage for a, a new house. I'd connect you, I don't think she's here this morning, but I'd connect you with my friend Joe Garner. What a great connection to have. She's great at getting, getting mortgages for people and helping people who, who don't have the greatest credit, help repair that credit and get in and get the mortgage that they need, you know, on a house. You need a, a, a financial advisor? Let me connect you with my friend Zach Davis, who also isn't here this morning. Where are you? No, he told me you weren't going to be here this morning. Uh, you need insurance? Let me connect you with my friend Steve Lawson, sitting right there. He connects you. He's got connections. 
with insurance. You need a, or you got a roach or a spider or a mouse problem? Let <laughs> I me mean, connect you with Robert Montgomery. That brother will find them. <laughs> he has crawled through my attic and shot stuff. I mean, <laughs> yes, we were shooting guns in my attic. Anyway, pellet guns, but anyway. Um, you need a good mechanic? We got a slew of them. <laughs> Matt and Billy and, and uh, Andrew and, and Chris and, and all these other guys. We got connections. How you know there's a lot of connections in the church, in the body of Christ? It's a good thing. We need people and people need us. There's Miss Joe, our mortgage expert. Great connection. Need Miss Joe. Guys, you've probably posted a link on social media before. Anybody got a connection to a good plumber? Right? Why? Well, we need a good plumber. We know somebody out there's got a connection to one, right? So we post on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram and whatever else. I don't know. Maybe you did a TikTok video looking for a, I don't know, whatever. We spend a lot of time connecting in this life. How many of you know connections are very important? It's real important. How much time do we spend connecting, trying to connect with others? But here's the reality. We, we really need to stop and think, especially as we enter a new year, how much time are we spending connecting with the Father? It's so important, but many times it gets the least amount of priority, the least amount of attention in our lives. And that's why I'm calling this series, if you saw the title slide there, More of You and Less of Me. John 3.30 says, he must increase, but I must what? decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. And guys, uh, from the Message Bible, it says, this is the assigned moment for him to move into the center while I move off to the sidelines. I love that. It's all about Jesus, guys. More of you and less of me. As I said earlier, this is the answer to every problem, every situation that you will ever counter, every anxiety that you will ever face in this life. The answer is more of you and less of me. We have to connect and come into alignment with the Father. And I'd present to you as we approach in two weeks, 21 days of prayer and fasting, one of the best ways to do that is to set a time, dedicated times of prayer and fasting in your life. Now, we don't talk about this often enough because fasting isn't necessarily uh, real popular necessarily uh, in the body of Christ. We don't, uh, any of you just love going without food, you know, for extended periods of time or, or the things that you love? Of course we don't. Uh, but, you know, we don't talk about it enough, but we don't do it enough either. Now, our initial connection with the Lord comes when? Comes through salvation, right? When we say yes to Jesus. That's our initial connection with him. But that ongoing connection is something that we've got to focus on and we've got to invest in if we want that connection to be strong and continually life-giving. How many of you know you've got to work at a relationship, right? We've got to work at our connection with the Lord. We've got to work it. So what is fasting? Some of you may have never done it. And it may seem like one of them weird things like animal sacrifice or something. Why would I do that? So weird. You know it's in the Bible and you've heard of it. You, you may be one, you think, oh, isn't that an Old Testament? Isn't that an Old Testament thing that they did? No. 
You may, really, you may have never done it before. You, you may, frankly, have never really cared to. Uh, and, and, and you may have always thought it was more for the super spiritual people. Kind of like I talked about last week, you, 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 you might have kind of thought that this was one of those things that was more for the religious leaders, not normal people like shepherds. Any of y'all here last week for that message? Scripturally, there were a couple of reasons to fast in the Bible. One of the first reasons was repentance. How many of us still have to repent sometimes? How many of you remember the story of Jonah? Everybody knows the story of Jonah, right? You got Jonah who, who you know, God tells him to go bring this, this warning of impending destruction and doom on the sinful city of Nineveh. And uh, Jonah doesn't like this idea very much, so what does he do? He, he tries to run from God. Anybody here ever tried to run from God before? Gets swallowed by a fish, right? Finally cries out to the Lord. Fish spits him up on the land. He, he reluctantly goes and he shares this warning with the people of Nineveh, right? And so how does the king of Nineveh respond to this message that, that, that is brought by God through Jonah? And let's look at that real quick. I'm going to read to you from Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3, verses 7 through 8. This is the king of Nineveh. And when Jonah gets done speaking, the king of Nineveh says, he issued a, it says he issued a proclamation and it said, in Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man or beast or herd or flock taste a thing. Do not let them eat or drink water. But both, both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth and let men call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. And who knows, God may turn and relent and withdraw from his burning anger so that we will not perish. Look at verse 10. When God saw their deeds, what were their deeds? It was fasting and repentance, right? When God saw their deeds, that they turned away from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he'd bring upon them. And he did not do it. Now guys, this king was, this king was serious. He says, your beast and your flocks and your and your herds aren't to eat or even drink water. That's a diehard fast right there, right? Most of us have never done that before. So he sees their hearts, God sees their hearts, and he had declared that he would destroy them, but he relented and showed mercy and grace on Nineveh because of their repentant hearts through this time of prayer and fasting. We see it again with Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 1. We see Nehemiah, he is fasting for the repentance of Israel. And so in Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 7, it says, When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I beseech you, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who preserves the covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments, that your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant, which I'm praying before you now, day and night, on behalf of the sons of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you. I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Uh, yes, Moses. Now, you realize here that Jeremiah keeps using the word we. 
And it does say here, he, he says, I and my father's house have, have sinned against you. I believe that he was referring to Israel. He was even repenting himself, I believe, in even his, his natural house. He's saying that we have sinned against you. We acted corruptly. It said, we have not kept your commandments. Guys, I believe this was a, this was a corporate confession. It wasn't just about him as an individual, but it was those who he had gathered together in this prayer and fasting and repentance. And it was for the entire nation of Israel. It's for the family of Israel. You see that? So fasting is certainly a time of repentance, individually, but also as a church, as a, as a community, even as a country. Guys, did you know it's okay to repent for the sins of your family and of your community and of your nation? It's okay to do that. So we see that we should enter fasting with humility, and with humility comes a heart of repentance, God, God, show me those areas that I've been lackadaisical, those areas that I've held back from you, those areas where I haven't been all in. That's a great way to enter prayer and fasting. But the second type of fast we see in Scripture is done to humbly reach out to God for any number of purposes. Basically what it does is it recognizes, the fast recognizes our inadequacies and our dependence on Father. Sometimes we fast because we need help. We need intervention. We need a miracle. Any of you ever fasted because you needed help? You went into a time, you're like, Lord, I'm just going to fast for a few days, and I'm going to seek you, and I'm going to pray, and I'm believing for a breakthrough. That's good. We see that in Scripture. We come to a place in the book of Mark. That's going to be the next place where I'm going to go, Mark chapter 9. We come to this place in the book of Mark where things, the disciples would have said, the disciples of Jesus would have said that things were going great. Because what has Jesus done? Jesus has sent them out to go and declare the kingdom of God. He has given them the power to heal the sick and to cast out demons and do all these things. This is, this is closer to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. This is not after the resurrection, okay? Jesus has sent the disciples out for a period of time and things are going great. They are performing by the power of God signs and wonders and miracles and suddenly we see in chapter nine, they're stumped. What did they encounter? They encountered an evil spirit, Right? They try to cast out this evil spirit, it won't come out. All the others have come out. They've been traveling for days and weeks. But they encounter this one and it won't. And we know that Jesus intervenes. He comes onto the scene. He intervenes and he drives the thing out. And so in Mark chapter 9 and verse 28, it says that when they had come into the house, this is just after this, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. What can cast it out? Nothing but prayer and fasting, right? Now, how many of you know there was not anything in Jesus that, to, that, to hold back this demon being cast out? He was perfect in every way, right? He was absolutely sinless. He was full of power and authority. He was empowered to destroy the works of the enemy. But he himself said that this type would only come out through prayer and fasting. So what does that tell us that Jesus had been doing? He had been praying and fasting. Guys, if Jesus had to do it, how much more do you think we need to do it? In Luke chapter 4, 
Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, it says, now this is, this is the, the big fast that we know about that Jesus did, where the Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness. He was, he was tempted by the devil and all that. So, but it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was being led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, the 40 days had ended, he became what? Darn, I'd be hungry too after 40 days, right? gum. That's a long time. But look at verse 14. That 40 days ends. He resisted the temptation of the enemy. And, the, and, and, and as that time ends in verse 14, it says, And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. You think it was just overcoming the enemy that done that? Guys, it was the prayer and fasting that built him up. Through prayer and fasting, he was energized. He was charged up. And here's what I want you to understand, that fasting brings, it, 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 fasting is alignment with God. It's coming into alignment with God. How many of you know that sometimes we need to stop and we need to regroup and we need to come back into alignment? You know, your car sometimes gets a little out of alignment, right? And, and you start having some issues. It starts pulling one direction, or your steering wheel starts shaking different things, and it's like, man, I need to go get a little work done, right? And we have to do that in our lives sometimes, right? We, we, we live in a, in a world that's full of potholes. We, we running, we're running through that stuff. We got to get in alignment. We got to come into alignment with God. And fasting brings alignment with God. Through fasting, with repentance, and receiving the word and the power of God, we align ourselves with his purposes as individuals, but we're doing this corporately as a church family as well. It's going to bring a unity like we've never seen. So, so what is fasting? First off, I, I still haven't quite figured out why they use the word fast. Because if you've ever fasted, it usually seems anything but fast. Usually, it seems like you'd call it prayer and slowing. It's like, it's the longest 21 days of my life, you know? What in the world? I don't know why it's exactly it's called fasting. But if you want to slow down, stop eating. You can, you can make time crawl there for a period of time. But... Um, for some of you, this will be a new experience, and it will be slow going maybe at first. But the Greek word that we translate fast simply describes a voluntary abstinence from food, right? That's what the word describes. It means that you voluntarily make the decision to stop feeding your body. Now, we all know that, we all know that God is a triune being. My son better quit sending me jokes. What in the world are you doing there? We know that God is a triune being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? You guys also know that God made us triune beings as well, correct? We are spirit, soul, and body. But here's the reality. Our spirit and our soul and our body are always in conflict. They're always trying to take the reins and be in control, Right? And if you want to really get down to it, our soul and body love to team up against our spirit. They double team it. Isn't that true? Oh, as far as who's going to be in control and make the decisions. Because of this, many times the soul and the body wins. Most often human beings end up doing what their body, what their mind, their soul craves. And that's the society we live in today, isn't it? Do what you want to do. Do what feels good. Do what's right for you. Well, but the Spirit, on the other hand, when it's redeemed by the blood of Jesus, it is holy and it wants to do everything that pleases the Father. 
That's where the battle lies, right? That's where the battle lines are, are drawn. So when we fast, we deny our flesh. We stop feeding the flesh. We deny the things that please the body and the soul. We do this to, to elevate our redeemed spirits and to allow them to be in control. And here's what I want you to think about, guys. It's possible, listen, it's possible that you are not being effective for the Lord because you're simply too connected to your flesh. I mean, how many of you want to do great things for God? It's possible that you're not being effective for the Lord because you're too connected to the flesh. We're called to die to the flesh and allow the spirit to control. Romans 8, verses 13 and 14, you guys know this, says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Guys, how many of you know the flesh produces death? The Spirit produces life. This is why, there's a scripture I read this week, just thought of. This is why many times in our society today, the church doesn't have a very good name, a very good image, a very good reputation, because we've allowed the flesh to be a little bit too much in control. You know what Titus 1.16 says? This was in my Bible reading a couple days ago. Titus 1.16 says, it's talking about sin. It's talking about sinful believers. And it says, such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient and worthless for doing anything good. It's not talking about the world, guys. It's talking about believers who've given the flesh too much control, who've chosen to live according to the flesh and not according to the Spirit. And thus we give the Lord, our Redeemer, a bad name to folks because they see us living just like the world and not like Him. Fasting is a season of bringing your flesh in order while bringing your spirit into alignment with God's spirit and allowing it to make the God-honoring decisions in your life. So, very practically, what does fasting look like? Well, it depends on what kind of fast you choose to do. you got two weeks to think about it. Uh, a few times in the Bible, like I mentioned a moment ago, um, it was either um, you had a couple of those times where it was a time of repentance or you had, I think the only two people I see, other people I see doing this is Jesus and Moses where they fast food and water. Guys, I don't recommend that, okay? Without some counsel, some godly advice and counsel. <laughs> don't go without water for several days and then you're, you're going to die. So you need to make sure you're hearing from the Lord. And that's what he wants you to do. And you, you need to get some godly counsel and direction on that. But most commonly at different points, we see people doing a fast in which they consume nothing but water. It's one of the more common ones that we see in scripture. And, um, and in this, you know, again, it can be pretty tough, especially depending on your lifestyle, but you can certainly do that. You can go a certain amount of time and just drink water. I've done that before at a few different points. Uh, today, many people will do a fast that is similar to that, but instead of, uh, of just water, they will drink um, some fruit juices and different things, like natural fruit juices and things that will give some nourishment and, and energy. How many of you know that when you fast for any, any length of time, it, it makes you kind of weak and tired and you're struggling for strength? But a lot of people 
can do that now. You drink some, some juices and different things that will help to, to, give you, to give you strength and to be able to make it through and continue to accomplish you know, what all you've got to do uh, every day. Um, another fast that you may have heard of that many of us uh, do on a regular basis is uh, in the Bible, and it is called the Daniel Fast. How many of you ever done the Daniel Fast before? Yeah, a bunch of you. And it's a fast that actually that, that Daniel did, and it comes from Daniel chapter 10. And you can tweak it basically however you want, but, but basically uh, on a real basic level, it calls for um, no bread, uh, no meat, and no sweets. And many of y'all are like, that's all I eat. <laughs> but that's the point, guys. Uh, here's the thing. With the Daniel fast, uh, you're, 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 not, you're not starving. Um, you're still getting energy and strength. Um, you're just not eating the things that your flesh tends to crave so much. So with that, it was more meat and breads and, uh, and sweets. Uh, for, uh, the, and Daniel did that. He did it for 21. He did that for 21 days. But I want you guys to understand that the question is not if you should fast. It's when and how we should fast. Because according to the Bible, guys, this is to be a discipline for all Christ followers. Jesus said it. He taught his disciples to fast. And he knew, he knew with his disciples and, and for us that they would need this discipline. He would need the discipline of prayer and fasting for what was coming. And, and to build the church and to establish his kingdom in the earth. And how many of you know, we need that same power to accomplish his purposes in the world today as well. And so in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is speaking. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, he says, And when you fast, what's the second word? When, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. And I got that sour look, I'm so tired, guys, I'm sorry, I'm fasting, right? Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus says, when you fast. Guys, he's saying here, you need to do this. You need to do it. And, and he says, don't be like the religious leaders making a big show of it, trying to impress people. You've already got your reward if that's what you do. But it is all about your heart. It's about alignment with God, not your standing with man. It's not about anybody thinking you're holy. Thinking you're all of that. We all may fast in different ways, and, and that's okay. Again, we're not trying to align with one another or impress one another. And we're coming to alignment with God. Now, as a church family, um, we're doing this together uh, at the same time, and so that's okay. We're actually, we're actually planning on putting a, 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 a thing out there in the lobby in the next couple of weeks where you can, you can put up there what you're believing for, what you're believing for during this time of, of prayer and fasting in your life so that we can all stand in agreement um, you know, with you as well. So it's okay. Obviously, we're going to know that, that many of us, um, you know, are, are praying and fasting, but we want to we wanna keep that more quiet on the outside. Um, we want to go on with life as usual without anybody necessarily knowing what we're, what we're doing. And like I said, we're not doing it to be viewed as, as, as super spiritual by the people at work or, or, or in our family or at school or whatever it may be. But I do encourage you guys to pray about what you should fast and, and, and what you're going to believe God for during this time. God, the, guys, the purpose is huge. If, if you choose just to go without food for a certain, certain food or whatever it may be for 21 days, then, and, but you don't do anything different, you don't believe for anything, you don't spend any time in prayer, well, then you're probably just going to lose a few pounds. 
And that may sound great to you, but you're going to gain it back the moment you're done, right? So it's not really going to accomplish anything. Um, I fasted before to get direction. And guys, it is amazing how clear the Lord's voice becomes when you take that time. You set it aside, you devote it to him, you deny the flesh, and you focus. It's amazing how clear his voice becomes in your life. And you spend that time that you would normally be, be eating, you spend that and you, you pray and, and you worship and you, you press in and you read God's word. I, I highly recommend um, the, the Daniel fast, guys. It's, it's good and, and it's, it's, still, it's good for you. Cutting out, you know, especially sweets and, and, and bread and stuff from your diet for a certain period of time, that's a, it's a great one. It's good for you. Um, and, you know, you, what you're doing is basically just not eating the, the luxury foods that, that your body tends to, to crave. And, and it takes some discipline, but anybody can do it for, for 21 days. It's, it's, it's not that big a deal. But maybe you want to take it a step further, and maybe, maybe you want to just take a, a certain amount. And you don't have to do it for 21 days, but maybe you want to take a, a couple days each week or or, or maybe just a week of the 21 days and, and you want to do a juice fast and, and just, uh, just, just um, have some, some fruit juice and some things like that to have, to have some nutrition and the strength during it. Or maybe you want to fast everything but water uh, during that time. And, and guys, you know, I, you can certainly do that and, and I, I would recommend it for, for shorter periods and maybe not as your first fast unless that's really what the Lord is, is, is laying on your heart. I can tell you from experience that the hunger, the hunger pains that you feel begin to subside after about three days or so. It becomes remarkably easier when you get about three days in. Those first three days, and you're trudging through. You're going, Lord Jesus, help. By about third, fourth day, it's like, oh, it, 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 it really subsides. And, uh, and you, it, it's easier to keep on going. Um, you can fast just a few days a week or just a couple of, or just a couple of meals a week. Um, and you spend that time praying and, and, and seeking the Lord. And guys, the point is, it's not about legalism or, or judgment here. It's about the heart and it's about, it's about coming into alignment with him. It's about denying the flesh and spending time with him. Getting started doing what Jesus said. And, and, and obviously, if you have if you have any kind of medical conditions, you know, you don't be crazy, be smart and, and get, some, get some wisdom in that and some medical advice and stuff. Uh, but what we do need to do is suppress our natural desires, our, our, our fleshly desires and come into alignment with him. Which brings me to another option that I wanted to mention right quick. How many of you know that in the day and age in which we live, food may not be the major thing that your flesh is craving the most? Might be other things. How many of you know that we feed ourselves a lot of things other than food? So we can fast things that are not food. And, you know, you look at that, um, there's a lot of things that, are, that waste our time in life. And, uh, you know, many times in the past, our family has fasted like, um, like television and, and social media and such. And we're like, you know what, we're going to turn that off. Instead of watching TV each evening, we're, we're, we're going we're to turn that thing off for 21 days. And... Um, Again, not being legalistic about it because, you know, our family, everybody works and is going their own directions. And so times when we can all come together, we, we every now and then on, during fasting, we'll, we'll have a family movie night, you know, or something like that. Again, it's not about legalism. It's just simply about denying the desires of the flesh. We're not watching TV in the evening, spending hours on watching random YouTube videos and, you know, and all this different kind of thing. It's like choosing that the Lord is going to be first. And that's all about drawing near to him. That's what fasting is all about. And, and guys, too, it's not about making yourself miserable. Some people seem to think that the more miserable I can make myself, the more pleased God is. It's, it's not about that. It's not about that at all. 
It doesn't impress God at all. The purpose is to draw near to him, to take away the pleasures of the flesh that distract us so that we can become more focused on him, that we stop living to please the flesh and instead please the spirit by drawing near to him. So as, before I conclude, I want to give you, I'm going to give you five things, five results that prayer and fasting can produce in your life. And again, you can write these down. You can follow along. It's in the YouVersion uh, Bible app and the notes in there. Five results that prayer and fasting can produce in your life. And, and guys, I want you to understand there are things that God just freely gives us. And there are other things that we receive through obedience, right? Some things God freely gives, some things... He gives simply through obedience that we, we, we can't do anything to earn it. We, we just have to, we have to do what he says. There, there's places in scripture where God says, if you do this, I will do this. And we love the part where he does his thing, but many times we're a little more hesitant on doing our part first. And so I'm going to give you five results that come from our obedience to prayer and fasting. Number one, first thing is, Humility. How of you know our society could use a little more humility today? Fasting is huge when it comes to combating pride. Fasting is just the, just the opposite. When you fast, what we're doing is we're putting him absolutely first. That's the opposite of pride. Our posture as we fast is we are humbly bowing before him. We're saying, Father, I'm denying my flesh. I declare that I am desperate for you. Ezra 8.21 says, Then I proclaimed a fast at the river of Hava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek him a safe journey for us, our small ones, and all of our possessions. Guys, fasting is in and of itself an act of humility. It shows our need for God. We deny ourselves and our needs and our desires so that we can connect and align with him. We can't align with him when we are prideful and self-sufficient and self-consumed. Amen? So the first thing that, that prayer and fasting will produce in you is humility. Secondly is authenticity. We are greatly lacking in authenticity today as well. We can hide behind things like social media and we can make ourselves look however we want to look. We cr- people try to create their own image, their own self-image all the time, right? But aren't authentic, don't truly show the heart. When we fast, when we fast our desires, how do you know when we deny ourselves, that's when our true heart comes out, isn't it? Living in the world, it's easy for our hearts to get messed up with the lusts of the flesh and the evil things that our flesh desires in this, in this world. Joel chapter 2, in Joel chapter 2 verse 12, he says, Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your hearts, with fasting and weeping and mourning, and rend your heart, not your garments. What's he want? He wants your heart, Right? Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and he is compassionate. He is slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and relenting of evil. Guys, fasting gets our heart right. It brings an authenticity to our heart. It brings our heart into alignment with our Father's heart. So 
Fasting, prayer and fasting brings humility. It brings authenticity. Number three, prayer and fasting brings favor. Guys, we love some favor. Supernatural favor. Guys, I, I don't know about you, but I love it when I see God's favor on my life, on my family. It's such a blessing. I love it when, when people take notice of God's favor and, and they want it as well for themselves. James 4, 6 and 8 um, says, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. So what do we have to do? We have to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But as you draw near to God, what does he do? He draws near to you. Guys, in order for us to walk in the favor of God, we got to be obedient. We got to walk with him. We got to be obedient to his word. We have to take seasons of denying ourselves so that we can come into alignment and walk step in step with him. We got to draw near to him. But as we do so, we will see his favor. When you draw near to God, he draws near to you. You will experience a supernatural favor that you've never known before. Things that should not have gone your way. You're like, wow, how in the world did that happen? Because you're walking in the favor of God. Prayer and fasting brings humility. It brings authenticity. It brings favor. Number four. Oh, we don't like this one so much. Discipline. We are not a very disciplined society. Guys, this is about being committed and all in for God. Any of you ever run before? Running, who likes to run? Run for fun. What kind of fun is that? Running's tough. You get in there and you get going. And it's tough. Your body screams at you, doesn't it? Wants to stop. You've said, I'm, I'm going to go this far. And <laughs> you're, you're an eighth of the way in. Your body's screaming at you to stop. Stop, 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 stop. But what do you do? Hopefully. <laughs> You stop and have a Krispy Kreme? No. <laughs> Hopefully, you force your body, you discipline your body to stick with, I'm going to hit this goal. And you keep going, and you keep going, you push through the screaming and the, uh, to get to the goal. You train yourself. You resolve to meet the goal no matter what your body wants. I'm getting there. It's called discipline. None of us love the sound of that. Because why? It's hard. We struggle with this. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, But I discipline my body and keep it under control. Have you know, we need to discipline our bodies and keep them under control. All of our problems generally come from this. We're not disciplined and under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Let me read to you from the Message Bible. I'm going to go back to verse 26. It says, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everybody else about it, and then missing out myself. Guys, if we don't learn to be disciplined in this life, then we're going to blow it, and we're not going to be effective for the Lord in accomplishing his purposes. What's our vision? Make, grow, and equip. Follow Jesus. I fulfill a God-given purpose in life. We're not going to fulfill our God-given purpose if we don't learn to get disciplined. And the best way to begin to get disciplined is to start with a time of prayer and fasting before the Lord. And here's the thing. How many of you know that we're going to have temptations in life? 
Jesus' first time that we know of praying and fasting, he was tempted by the devil, right? There's going to be temptations. But you know what temptations are good for? Learning discipline and self-control. It's a practice test over and over again. Discipline, self-control. You fail it, you get to try again. Discipline and self-control. You like me and you fail it a thousand times. Start again. Discipline and self-control, right? I'm going to pass the test. I'm going to get this. Fasting can break bondages in your life and help to, you to discipline yourself to overcome the temptations that come in your life. When you fast, you'll see the power of God helping you to overcome the, those desires and temptations. So guys, what are you struggling with? Whatever it is you may be struggling with, as you fast, you can overcome it. You can do it. You'll find that those things, as, as you do so, you'll find that the things in your life that held such priority weren't really that big a deal in the first place. Why in the world did I make this so important in my life? Why couldn't I give this up before? It really wasn't a big deal. You can look back on it in hindsight and see it. But if you really want it, this can be the time that you do finally get your diet under control. This could be the time that, I, if you need to, that you can quit smoking. Go into a time of prayer fasting. Believe God. You can get free of, of, of the grip of, of always being glued to excessive social media. You can break these things. Through prayer and fasting and the discipline that comes from it. You can start having a consistent quiet time with the Lord. Make it through the fast and you'll find out a lot of those things that you needed, you don't need them when the fast is over. You'll continue to walk closer to the Lord. So discipline. So fasting brings humility, it brings authenticity, it brings favor, it brings discipline. And number five, last thing I want to mention, is it brings focus. Everybody say Focus. We are also an ADD society, man. We have a hard time staying focused on anything. How many of you need some focus sometimes? Need to be laser focused. A time of prayer and fasting, guys. It's, all, it's what it's about. It's about coming to alignment. It's about focus. Acts 13, 2 says, And while they were worshiping the Lord and what? Fasting. The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Guys, through fasting, leadership was chosen and ministry direction was given because they were focused on the Lord during a time of prayer and fasting. And, 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 and that's still God's pattern for today as well. When you're seeking direction, fasting helps you to get focused on the answer as the Lord gives it to you. And, and I would just tell you guys, you shouldn't make a major decision in this life without stopping and praying and fasting first. Because you want to know the Lord's will in that situation, right? You want to make the right choice. All the other voices begin to fade away, and you become laser-focused on God's purposes, and the answer becomes clear. So a time of prayer and fasting in your life will bring a humility, an authenticity, a favor, a discipline, and a focus that you're probably... How many of you would say, I desperately need a few of them things in my life? Nobody. Crazy. How many of you need some humility, some authenticity, some favor, some discipline, some focus? Come on, guys. We start with a time of coming into alignment, getting laser focused through prayer and fasting. So I encourage you guys to begin praying now. 
and say, Lord, what do you want me to do and how should I do it? Get some accountability. Don't keep it. We're, we're a church family. We're doing this together. It makes it, I, I think, in many ways easier. Get somebody. Get somebody in your community group or somebody. Share with them what you're doing. Get some accountability on this thing. Let them know what you're doing. Let, let them know what your purpose is, what you're believing for during this time, what you're praying for, and so that they can come into agreement with you and stand and pray as well. Guys, I encourage you to, to abstain from anything that may be an addiction in your life, whatever that may be. How many of you are giving up, how many of you are giving up caffeine? Oh, one. <laughs> Some of you are over there going, what? If that's you, maybe you need to do it. Maybe you need to do it for a few days. I might encourage you to uh, start tapering off before the 21 days start. <laughs> might be a good idea for you. I did that before years ago. Stopping cold turkey, that's lots of fun. Head pounding. <laughs> maybe you need to stop. Maybe you need to pull back. It's all about denying your flesh, right? What is it? Cut out anything that feeds the flesh. Maybe it is TV or internet or social media or, or movies or video games. or what, what are you wasting your time doing? What's consuming your time that you can give to the Lord at the first of the year? of 20? Guys, it doesn't mean you can't come back to it, right? How many of you know there's nothing wrong with coffee? Nothing wrong with video games. Nothing wrong with social media. But when we're spending more time with these other things than we are in the presence of the Lord and, and, and seeking his purposes, then we've gotten off balance and we've lost sight of our priorities. And it's generally, many times, that's where we find ourselves at the end of the year. <laughs> that's why we find ourselves, let's start with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let's get back on track. After uh, uh, most of us were, were probably gluttons I know I, over the last couple of weeks. I, I know since Thanksgiving I have eaten all kinds of goodies. My wife's keeping them around the house, counters full of sweets, all kinds of fun stuff. Time to come into alignment, right? Time to things, get things back, time to get things back in order. Whatever it is, guys, it, whatever it is in this life, maybe you have a hard time going without. Maybe you have a hard time going a day without or an hour without. Maybe it's time you lay it down for a few days. Lay it down for a few weeks. Say, Lord, I'm giving this to you. See what he'll do as you deny your flesh. We're preparing some things to help you through the process. Um, we're hoping to have some stuff that will give you a little bit of direction. We'll get some more information like we usually do on the Daniel fast and different things. And like I say, we're, gonna, we're talking about making a spot where um, you can put up your, your, your prayer, your, what you're believing for, and then the praise reports of what happened. Guys, every time as we end the 21 days of prayer and fasting, we go into the night of worship, we have incredible testimonies of what God has done in our lives. And I, I think last year we actually opened up the mic on the floor during the night of worship. And, and about halfway through, everybody just started coming up and, and, and and saying what, what the Lord had done in their life. It's, it's incredible. When you set aside time for the Lord, it's amazing what he will do in your life. Amen? More of you, less of me. You have got two weeks to prepare. Decide what it's going to be. If you're part of the Harvest family, don't miss out on this. Find something that you're going to lay down that will deny your flesh and to put the Lord first as we seek the Lord during these 21 days. Amen? Two weeks from today. Get ready. So guys, there are plenty of things to jump in on as we, uh, as we conclude 2021 and we go on into 2022. Um, we need to get, you need to jump all in and get involved. What better time to do it than January and during our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, take advantage of, uh, of all those opportunities. With that said, let me get you guys to stand up. And, and before we conclude, I, I just want you to bow your heads for, for just a moment. 
bow your heads across the place with me as the, as the worship team begins to play. And, and, and every week we, we give this opportunity, but, and I don't want to miss it now. If, if you have not called on Jesus as Lord, then, 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 then truly it's, it's the very top priority that's out of place in your life. And here's the good news about that, is it's a simple decision that you have to make. It's, sometimes we make it real simple. It's, it's, it's not as simple as reciting a prayer. It's, it's about the position and the posture of your heart. It's about bowing to the lordship of Jesus. It's about recognizing that you have sinned and you've fallen short. And, and you owe a debt that you can't possibly pay in a thousand lifetimes. But recognizing that Jesus came to pay the, play, pay the price for that sin. He came to pay to, to reconcile that sin debt. Where you were bankrupt, he came and he paid the price for it with his life. He poured out his blood. His love for you is so great that he willingly went to the cross with you in mind and he said, it's worth it. He's worth it, she's worth it. To endure an agonizing death so that he can be in relationship with you. The Bible says that what you've got to do is you've got to repent and you've got to put your trust in Jesus. You've got to believe that he is who he says he is and that he rose from the dead. And you put your faith in him. You choose to follow him all the days of your life. Again, it's not so much about the words you speak as it is the position, the posture of your heart. And so I'm gonna pray a prayer, and if that's you and you're here or, or you're watching online, whether it's today or tomorrow or next year that you're watching this, the Holy Spirit is there and he's always drawing. And he's imploring you right now to say yes to Jesus. So I'd encourage you, you I, I'm gonna pray a prayer and you can repeat after me. Or even better, you can even say it in your own words. You can talk to him. Please surrender your life to Jesus today. Know that once you do, you become a new creation. You become eternally his. You're saved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And he'll always be with you and never forsake you or leave you. Just pray something like this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I recognize it alone. I'm lost in my sin. I'm bankrupt. I own a, I, I owe a debt I can never repay. But I recognize that Jesus, Jesus, you came and you paid the debt that I couldn't. You did it because of your great love for me and you paid it with your life. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you were sacrificed in my place as a perfect lamb. And I believe that you rose from the dead. So today, I repent. I turn from my sin. And Jesus, I choose to follow you. No turning back. I choose to walk in this new life that you've called me to. And I choose to accomplish all the purposes you've called me to and created me for in this life. And I thank you that you're with me and that you'll never leave me or forsake me. I'm yours from this day forward. Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me be everything you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.